back to another special episode of the African Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and it's episode 93, and I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing good. Excellent. So, I'm going to ask, what's new down, down there in Texas? What's shaking? Anything cool happening, or is it just sort of more of the usual... Well, like we are getting prepared for potential weather, winter weather, and coming in the next couple oh. of days. Okay, so like, what are you talking? What is the weather forecast calling for right now? Well, and like starting Wednesday night, we're gonna have freezing rain, and into oh. Thursday morning, we're supposed to have in a snowfall. Oh, well, that's unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. But they're and saying got- that this is. A- they're Go saying ahead. that it's not going to be like in February last year, though. So that's a good thing. Well, that's good because uh, you guys got rocked pretty hard, and the, you know. Anyway, no, I'm glad to hear that uh, it's not too too bad. Although, do you have to go out um, Thursday morning? And well, I'm, I'm talking things out with the guy that owns the store right now. But from what it's looking like, we're probably not going to be opening the store Thursday. Seems sensible. I wouldn't blame you. Uh, particularly since I can't imagine you have snow tires on your car, and the buses don't have them, nothing's got, like, do you even own a pair of, like, good winter boots? No, I do not. Yeah, so, which means you're running around like a pair of sneakers or, or something, yeah. or the equivalent, which means you're falling on your butt, you're falling on your butt. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, as someone who's walked around in more than his fair share of freezing rain, I know better. Running shoes do not cut it. Like, you're just going to land on your butt and get wet. So, um, if anybody's listening from down there in Texas or any other areas that are affected by, by cold weather um, and don't usually get that much of it, like, I, if you can stay home when the bad weather rolls in, like, do it. Because uh, as someone who lives up in it all the time, like, even we take precautions on on when it, on days when it's, uh, like that, like we we don't go out if we don't have to. Uh, if you do, you leave early. You take lots of extra time. We've got snow tires. We got chains, and we got stuff to get us through it. Shovels, salt, you name it. So I think we're pretty well equipped. But I can't imagine there are too many communities down there in Texas uh, that are uh, are well equipped for it. Are they, Lux? No, not really. Now, hopefully, your landlord has got. Uh, the very least has got some sand there, or sand or salt to sprinkle on your walkway, so you don't take a header just walking out your your doorstep. Like I'll like, I'll tell you a story here. Like so, I I teach with a with a with a teacher who um, a few years ago on a freezing rain sort of day opened their front door, took a step on their front step, and slipped and fell and hit their head. And missed a couple of weeks of work with uh, with dealing with concussion issues um, because they, they they whacked their head on on the cement um, like not on the ground but on the side of their the side of their house uh, on the on the wall because they just lost their balance and clipped themselves. So like folks, <laughs> very seriously, like take care, go carefully, take time. If you don't need to go out, stay put. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys are in better shape than you were last February, because uh, it was dicey yep. last year, wasn't it? Yeah, and they, you said it yourself, and they, Dallas kind of looks like in uh, Ottawa. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw photos, and I was like, good heavens, that's like that did look how Ottawa 
uh, usually would look. I mean, right now we're buried under about two and a half feet of snow, so you guys didn't look too much different down there, which is not a good look for Dallas, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, we uh, we had, uh, I don't know if you guys are catching the news down there, but we've had a very interesting weekend here um, in and around the nation's capital here and up in Canada because we had a protest um, up here by a group of truckers and then other, let's say, uh, assorted individuals who are protesting the mandates to get vaccinated uh, by truckers who have to cross the border in the United States for a lot of uh, for a lot of sh- shipping purposes. And uh, the new rule that came into effect you know, uh, that came in, uh, by both in effect for both countries on January fifteenth. These truckers are pretty upset about it. They don't like it. They don't want to. They don't want to be you know be impacted by the mandate. And so they started. They drove from. They started the, the the convoy in Vancouver, which is over 2,000 miles away, and they drove to downtown Ottawa, and they arrived on Friday afternoon around like four o'clock, and all weekend the downtown core of Ottawa has been literally chocker block full of like transport trucks and all sorts of other hangers-on. Convoy, Lux, get this, was over 40 miles long. Huh. Yeah, so just a few vehicles showed up to town here and were blocking downtown. So it's been very interesting, very interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, so the unfortunate piece is that this, 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 this rally, which has been by and large, patch themselves to it. So uh, when you see some flags that are brandishing, like, let's say, images and and icons that are not really what we want to be seeing anymore, Um, they definitely have have like a picture of like a one of our members of parliament doing an interview with like a flag brandishing a swastika in the background, which you know I'm not sure is really what the look the the look the people organizing that particular can't rally we're going for so it was uh it's been an interesting weekend to say the least around here so anyway that's the thing oh and did you see that that the chiefs got beat kansas city chiefs got knocked out yeah i did by the Bengals of all people what what what's going on i like i remember yeah. for for the longest time cincinnati just had the most sad sack football team ever. And suddenly there they are. They're knocking out Kansas City, a perennial Super Bowl powerhouse. And they're, they get their, they got a chance at a big dance. Look at that. Yeah, let me tell you, that like, never in my life would I ever kind of thought that I'd be seeing a Super Bowl matchup with the Bengals and the Rams. Seriously? Yeah, like, that seems so surreal. Like, like, I've seen the Rams. It doesn't seem totally out of proportion, right? Like when they were in yeah. Seattle in the greatest show on turf, they made a Super Bowl, I think, or they made two and they won one. And now they're here. They are again with, uh, you know, back again. But anyway, it's cool stuff. I mean, it's exciting for those two cities, and I, like, I mean, I appreciate like Los Angeles because the Rams are now in Los Angeles, correct? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, Los Angeles, like, I mean, they haven't had 
watched the way of pro football in a while. So to have the Rams come back and the Rams be uh, be good and you know how, and is exciting for them, but it's also exciting for Cincinnati because Cincinnati's been like I would say the three worst teams in professional professional football the last twenty years have been the Browns, the Bengals, and the Lions. Do you agree? Yep. More or less, and to see the uh, this year the Bengals seem to be at least they seem to be on the right path to maybe being a relevant team for a number of years. So that's exciting for the city of Cincinnati. So that's exciting. Good times. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get on with the show. So, uh, so folks, if you like what you hear on our show each and every week, you can find all of our episodes at thelotuscouncil.com. That is our home on the internet. So you can find podcasts, you can find videos, you can find deck decks, you can find giveaways and streams and everything else that's going on. Um, but most importantly, you're going to find a really cool Discord with some really great people who love to talk Magic the Gathering and a lot of people who have a real, real soft spot for EDH or Commander. Um, so come on in, come and check it out. The Discord is free. You don't have to pay a red cent to, to get involved. You just have to sign on up and come be friendly. And if you're friendly and, you know, you know have, you know, speak to people in a way that's uh, going to, you know, be respectful and kind and... All that stuff, you're gonna find that you're gonna get a lot of a lot of you know great new people to talk to, and lots of ideas for new decks and cards and other things going on in the world. So come and check out thelowestcouncil.com. I do not think you're gonna regret it. The value generated by the Discord alone is worth it. So come on in, check it out, come and see it for yourself. And Lux, we have a winner for the for our giveaway from our 90th episode. Oh boy. Yeah. So. Our winner this time is some is our Twitter user with using the handle Bronze Panda, uh, and so Bronze Bronze Panda, good congratulations! Thank you very much for um, being part of the show and uh, winning yourself a pack of Time Spiral Remastered. I will reach out to you on Twitter and we will set up something to help you, uh, you know, get a, get this pack. So. I think it's going to be a pretty healthy shipping expense there, Lux, because I'm having to ship it to Argentina. So we'll see what happens. Uh, how long it takes. How okay. Long it, yeah, exactly. Bronze Panda lives in Argentina based on his Twitter location. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a hike to ship that one down there. But anyway, that's exciting. So thank you, Bronze Panda. And uh, the good news is we'll be doing another one of these in a couple of weeks' time. Like, here we are episode 93 it's like less than two months we'll be back at it again i imagine before the end of march we'll be giving away more stuff um from the non-existent budget that we have so um it's uh yeah so congratulations once again bronze panda thanks very much and uh, let's look for me reaching out to you on twitter um we're gonna have some uh, exciting news in the next couple of weeks as well there folks um as we've got some changes coming to the to the podcast um i have uh, decided that we're going to go forward and we're going to get a new logo. Um, so the logo we are currently using has been very kindly drawn by one of my students from last year, um, but is written, you know, being drawn by a 13-year-old student is great and all, and we've had it for a year, and I think it's done it's done as well there, Lux. Would you agree? Yep. Yeah, it's been a pretty good uh, a pretty good logo, but I think it's time that we actually upgrade it into an actual logo. So. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's an artist here, uh, here locally, um, prepare one for me, I guess it was over a year and a half ago now, it was a long time ago, but I've, you know, got a graphic, uh, a graphic artist to help us 
you know, digitize it. And we have that coming. Uh, I think I'm going to also decide we're going to go out and get an, an actual, like, theme song for the for the show rather than music. I'm going to be honest, a little peek behind the windows here, folks. There's all sorts of, like, free music out there on the Internet that you can download and use in your podcasts or everything else. And that's what we've done so far. All our music has been free to, to use. But I think it's time for us to get, like, an actual theme song. So pay a composer to actually do that. Uh, fortunately, again, there's some people, some very kind folks out there on Twitter who have reached out to me, and we can uh, we're gonna we're gonna touch base and try and uh, see if we, we can do to get some some music for the podcast and uh, other things coming in as well. So uh, let's uh, sit tight, listen up for some uh, some new things coming down the pipe from your Epic Experiment podcast. All right, so we have three segments tonight, Lux. We've got a segment one, which is our garbage or great, and it's more of going to be more of our preview section, really. Let's be honest. Um, and then for we have some Kamigawa previews, and then we're going to be highlighting a format that uh, was written about on the Rules Committee webpage. Um, so anyway, we'll get started. You ready, Lux? Yep. All right. So our garbage or great tonight is Tamio Completed Sage, which is a new Planeswalker revealed from. Uh, Kamigawa Neon uh, Dynasty. And so for two, a green, a blue, and then a Phyrexian hybrid blue-green. Yeah, you heard that right. Phyrexian, it's called Completed. And it's a Phyrexian mana, and you can either pay it with a green or a blue, or you can pay it with two life. This planeswalker earn, uh, enters with two fewer loyalty counters on it. So it's listed as being a loyalty of five, but if you've paid for the uh, the completed using your life total, it only comes in with three, which is interesting. Uh, okay, so the plus one, tap up to one target artifact or creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Uh, minus X. Exile target non-land permanent card with mana value X from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card. Okay, that's also really interesting. Copying tokens, that's fun. What's the minus seven here? Minus seven, create Tamio's Notebook. A legendary color, colorless artifact token with uh, spells you cast, cost two generic, less to cast, and tap, draw a card. Huh. Where do you want to start, Lux? And honestly, I'm not really sure. Let's start with that mana cost. Let's talk. Let's talk about Phyrexian mana, because that's a big deal. So, <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there remembers Phyrexian mana. Lux, were you, were you playing during Phyrexian, our last visit to, to the Phyrexians and Phyrexian mana? Honestly, like, I don't uh, know, like, was it before or after Conflux? Uh, it was after. So, Con Alara was, yeah, Alara was before uh, we went to uh, Mirrodin for New Phyrexia. So, um, so anyway, so Tamiyo, like, this Phyrexian mana, like, bottom line, folks, is pretty broken as far as mechanics go, or at least it can be. Um, there's a whole pile of really broken stuff from New Phyrexia that has got this Phyrexian mana where you can pay life for your 
thing instead of having it come down as like you know the regular full mana cost. Now, in this instance, I don't think Tamiyo is inherently broken. Like, if you spend four mana and two life to get a three loyalty walker, or five mana to get a five loyalty walker, that doesn't seem particularly abusable or broken, does it, Lux? No. It's pretty fair. So I, I think in this instance, they've learned a lesson from Phyrexian mana, and we've got, you know, a potential situation here where... It's not so abusable, so, which I think is ultimately good for the game. So I think it makes Tamiyo kind of an interesting, an interesting uh, card from that standpoint alone. All right, let's talk about our girl Tamiyo being now a Phyrexian. What do you think of that? And honestly, this is not something I ever would have expected. I didn't expect it. How do you feel about it? Are you a little sad to see, I think, one of the more interesting Planeswalkers in terms of a, a lore standpoint? Um, because, like, Tamiya was never part of the, the Gatewatch. Yes, she was on Innistrad while, the, while Elder's Moon was ongoing. Um, and we've seen her at war in the War of the Spark as well. But she wasn't really part of the Gatewatch. And so to have her, you know, suddenly, I guess... A planeswalker that is now Phyrexian is, um, I to my mind, is kind of disappointing because, like, we didn't really get a whole lot of character development from Cameo because she wasn't one of the main characters of the story. She was sort of secondary to the whole War of the Sparks battle against Emrakul. She was she was there, and you got a you got the gist of her personality, but you didn't get an in-depth understanding of who, who Tamiyo was, and now we're not going to find out, because Tamiyo is now very much a Phyrexian, so she's, you know, Phyrexian. Alright, um, so yeah, i kind of disappointed. It's kind of like what they did to, like, Odric, to Odric. Like, where they turned Odric into a vampire, and I kind of feel, like, kind of bummed, because Odric was pretty cool as a mono-white guy, and now... Now, Cameo was, you know, a pretty neat, pretty neat planeswalker. Now she's Rexian, sort of, kind of feels the same sort of, you know, experience myself. I don't know how you feel about that. About yeah, well, like, go ahead. Well, they look at what they did to Dak Faden back in War of the Spark. Yeah, they have a habit now of doing, doing our some of our favorite uh, planeswalkers and creatures and whatnot dirty, right? Some of our favorite uh, the yeah. disguise, so. It's uh, disappointing, to say the least, I think, is how I feel about it. Um, but I do understand that, you know, they're looking to make the story interesting. Well, here's a pretty darn good way to make it make things interesting. So, anyway, let's talk about her abilities. Plus one. Tap up to one target artifact or creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So, she, that's, that's a pretty interesting ability, isn't it? Like, it's not... Yeah. broken but it seems pretty re pretty relevant right yeah so i think that's pretty that's pretty interesting like because that's similar to oh i'm gonna have to go find the find the card here i want to think i want to say it's frost titan that's a similar ability to frost titan i think oh afraid it's frost titan might only let you get a creature have a look at frost titan so when frost titan becomes the target of a spell or ability okay when frost titan enters the battlefield uh or attacks Tap target permanent, it doesn't untap. So yeah, 
Um, so this is similar to Frost Titan's ability, but on a Planeswalker. Seems good. I mean, I, 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 I don't know how applicable it's going to be in Commander, because, you know, you've got four opponents, you only tap down one permanent, you know, and it might not be enough to save your cameo. So, pardon me. Uh, so minus X. Exile target non permanent card with a val mana value X or from your graveyard. Create a token as a copy of that card. That, to me, I think is the key to this whole card, Lux. I think if you're going to come down on Tamiyo, you're going to want to immediately minus her to get, you know, a token whatever back out of your graveyard and leverage that to, to pretty significant success. So I'm kind of the opinion that, like, this card hinges on this middle ability. What are your thoughts on that, you know, I guess almost a reanimation sort of style spell? Yeah, and they... I think that's basically what it is. Yeah, I mean it's not true reanimation because they can bounce the token of the cop uh, of the card, but you get it. You essentially you get a copy of whatever nasty thing you want uh, from your from your graveyard. So, and you can get exile any non-land permanent. So if they've they've not let's say they've taken out your parallel lives or they've taken out your Zendikar resurgent or whatever, you can go and get a copy of it with. Um, with Tamiyo so that you can have it back and play. So, I don't know. I think that was pretty good. Alright, let's check out minus seven. Create Tamiyo's Notebook, a legendary colors artifact token with spells you cast, cost two less to cast, and tap, draw a card. Do we like this ultimate, Lux? And honestly, they, it seems kind of bland, doesn't it? For ultimate, yeah, it feels really, really bland. <laughs> and then get this: it doesn't make an emblem; it makes an artifact, and artifacts can be stolen and taken away. So you ultimate your planeswalker, and then someone yoinks your book. <laughs> like that to me feels like the worst possible scenario you could possibly envision. But it's going to happen. Like there's going to be somebody who ultimates this thing. And then gets the the notebook, and then they're gonna lose their notebook to something. So, <laughs> like, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, I think this card is it hinges on that minus X ability. That that I don't think you're ever gonna want to go minus seven, make an artifact, and the plus one's fine. But like, I think it's really all about that X ability. So, <sighs> so what do we think? You think this is garbage? Or you think this is great? I'll wait for your take on it. Okay. Part of me wants this to be a good card. I want this to be good. I want this to be interesting. I want people to be... Okay, sorry. Different than interesting. I want this card to be good. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um, I think it's going to be five mana, reanimate a five mana thing from your graveyard. Um, because that's just what you're going to have to do. I don't think you're ever going to get that minus seven online. And I think the plus one doesn't really do enough to protect you to really make a huge impact. So it's really going to be like five mana, reanimate something, and uh, it's debatably impactful. I don't know. So I think it's going to be garbage. I don't think this is sort of like, I don't think this is a plane walker you're going to want in commander at all. So 
Uh, don't think it does enough for us. I don't think it, um, it really is that, that powerful. Um, and that ultimate is very disheartening so that if you spend all that time and energy to get to that, you're just, you're not incentivized to use it. You're going to go for that reanimation target once again. So no, I, I don't like it. I'm kind of out on it. I don't think it's that great. Lux, what do you think? Right. Tell me, tell me yeah, I'm wrong. Then, tell me. I can't tell you you're wrong because like, it is basically garbage and then five mana for like what like a reanimator and like a blow ultimate well okay so let's just go have a little look here before we like totally dismiss this card let's go have a look at um simic decks generally and see what are they getting for five mana or less so i mean so let's have a look at simic staples what are some simic staples that you can cast with um tamio because she's got to be exile target non-lamp permanent so it's got to be a permanent so i'm looking here at simic staples you get so you get an eternal witness you get land or elves you get reclamation stage all this at this point seems totally reasonable Ristic, you get Ristic study back um five mana like you're not gonna be able to get avenger of zendikar back yet because avenger avenger of zendikar is not up to par yet you can get your swift foot boots you get tatiova token of tatiova seems good doesn't it what else Good uh, swarm i guess i mean i guess there's some targets i don't I, yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't love it I think it's uh, probably a little overhyped. So, anyway, it's a cool card. Like, I think it's a really neat design, but I think it's a little over overdone, here, personally. All right. Any other thoughts, Lux? Or are we going to move on to um, to some previews? Let's move on. We got a bunch to do, so let's get moving. Yeah. So first one up, we have Lion Slash. Do you want to read it? Let me pull it up real quick. Sounds good. We'll just alternate back and forth. Yeah, their audience. The... Yeah. So we'll we'll alternate back and forth. Um, so Lux will take one. And I'll read the next. So uh, we have each have a turn to uh, to to read some th cards through. So, all right, Lion Slash. You you set? All right, go for yeah, it. Yeah, Lion Slash. And like for one and a white, you get an artifact creature equipment and the cat. One one. Like white. Exiled a target card from the graveyard. If it was a permanent card. Put plus one plus one counter on Lion Sash. The equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each plus one plus one counter on Lion Sash. Reconfigure in a two generic mana. Yeah, so let's read about the reconfigurability. So two generic mana attached to target creature you control or unattached from a creature. Reconfigure only as a sorcery. While attached, this isn't a creature. So essentially, this could be a piece of equipment if it needs to be. So this is, I, I really like this card because Lux. Because this is scavenging ooze, but now you can scavenging ooze, turn it into a sword, pick it up, smash your opponent over the head with it, and then just let it continue to like accrue counters and like get bigger. So I I I like this card. I think it's the sort of graveyard hate that's selective that people are going to want to play. Uh, I think two mana is very reasonable, and I think this is going to be 
oftentimes plus four, plus four or better, um, without too much trouble. So I like Lion Slash. I think this is going to be a pretty good card. Yeah, like I was going to say, is like, this is a card that I'll put in Nethroy, but I can't think of one Obzite Commander, or actually two, that would definitely you know, fit this. Oh, yeah, uh, th- I, think this, I think this is actually a really good one to put in Nethroy. Because you can get the graveyard, the graveyard hater back at your yeah. graveyard for cheap. Like it's only going to be in your graveyard. It's only going to be one plus one plus one count. Or sorry, one uh, a one one, meaning that you're not losing much in the way of creatures for Nethroy to mutate and bring it back. So I like I like Lion Slash, Lion Slash, Lion Slash with with Nethroy. I think that's pretty pretty spicy actually. I like it. Yeah, and they put it in Nethroy, put it in Anafenza, put it in Dugatar. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, just put it in green-white tokens, man. Like, put it in green-white symbols and counters, yeah. and you, you're off to the races. Like, it's just a, just a perfectly reasonable card. So, that mo- as a mono-colored card, like, I think this card is going to be well-played, personally. Yep. So. All right, number two, we have Thousand Face Shadow. So a, uh, one blue for a 1-1 one, one creature human ninja with ninjutsu for two and a blue blue. When flying, sorry, when thousand face shadow enters the battlefield from your hand, if it's attacking, create a token that's a copy of another tar- target attacking creature. If the token enters the battlefield tapped, uh, sorry, the token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. Interesting. Hmm. What do we think? I, I picked this card, Lex, because it highlights the ninjutsu ability. So if people haven't played ninjutsu before, um, you if you have a creature that goes unblocked, you can unblocked. You can play two blue blue, return the unblocked creature to your hand, and put this one onto the battlefield in its place. Um, what do you think? Honestly, I think this is a pretty neat card, especially that one ability where they can. You basically just get an extra attacker. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think you can copy. The fact that you can copy of, of another target attacking creature is pretty potent too. You could be copying all sorts of things. Like that's pretty neat. And I noticed it doesn't say until end of turn. So when thousand is bouncing from your hand, if it's attacking, create a token, a copy of of another um, token, and is about to tap. Yeah, like I think. It doesn't say it can't do it like end of turn, like till end of turn. So you just get the token. Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty pretty neat. I like that card. So do you think it goes anywhere but Yuriko or like the new um, Ninjutsu Matters Commander? And I'm honestly not sure just yet. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not sure either. I think the card's pretty cool. I think, I think you're right. I think the best way to describe this card is really interesting. It's a very interesting card, really interesting design for this ninjutsu ability. So I like it. I'm a, I'm curious to see where this one takes us. All right. Yeah, I think this is one of those... Oh, go ahead. And I was just going to say, I think this is one of those cards where like, you just have to wait and see like, for like, when it comes out and sees play. Yeah, I think you're probably right because I think it's really tricky to, to to call that one with some of the new abilities on it. So I think that's inter- a very good, very good choice. All right, next we have the reality chip. All right, and then 
For one generic and one blue, you get legendary artifact creature, equipment jellyfish, and zero four. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. As long as the reality chip in, is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. Configure two generic, one blue. Okay, I'm not sure I understand all of what's going on with this card. However, let's try and parse it out. Okay, two and a blue for zero four is fine. All right, if you're, you know, Arcades is going to love this. However, this text of you may look at the top card of your library at any time seems very relevant. Would you agree? Yep. Good. So then we move on, and then as long as the reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells on top of your library. That seems really strong. Like, I'm just casting stuff on the top of your deck. Seems really good. This is what I do. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah, they, this card definitely belongs in a top of the card matters deck. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's been, this was super fun. Super fun. Super cool. I like it. I'm a big fan. Uh, this one, like, like I said, really, really, I found it really interesting. So I'm really looking forward to, to getting a hand on that one and trying, trying it out either in, on, in Brawl or in Paper. All right, next, we have the Dragon Kami Reborn, which I think is emblematic for the Saga Cycles in this particular set. So, uh, is two and a green for a, uh, an enchantment saga. In chapters one and two, you gain two life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one of them face down with a hatching counter on it. And put the rest of the bottom uh, of your library in any order. So, you go and dig something up, put it in your, put it in your hand. And then... Exile this saga. They return it to the battlefield transformed under your control is the third mode. Let's transform it for chapter three. Dragon Kami's Kiss. Whenever Dragon Kami's egg or a dragon you control dies, you may cast a creature or spell from among them. And pardon me, what did I say? You may cast a creature spell from among cards you own in exile with hatching counters on them without paying its mana cost. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. I don't know how you get hatching counters on stuff. That's the other, card, other side of the card. Okay, so a card you exile with it. Okay. I don't know. Like I think, like I think these creatures on the back are interesting. So I think they've gone the full, like, the full Monty here and made the sagas full on crazy. Um, because now they all have creatures on the back of them too. You get enchantments on the front. You get creatures in the back, and I don't know what to think of these. I don't. I don't think this one's going to be. This one in particular is going to be much good. But I think if there's going to be one that's going to have a push dragon or something on the back, and people are going to be interested. So look out. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts there, Lux? We're going to keep moving. Let's keep moving on. All right. Let's see. We got Kyrie, a swirling sky. Lux, go for it. Okay, for four generic and two blue, legendary creature dragon spirit six six with flying and ward three generic. And when Kyrie the swirling sky dies, choose one. Return any number of target non-land permanents with total mana value six or less to the owner's hands. Mill mm -hmm. six cards, then return up to two instant and/or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Right, so six six for six with interesting death triggers. So, um, 
So what do you think? I, do you want do you want to play this, there, Lux? Like this could definitely play into like a self mill deck. I think so too. I think that's probably where it goes. You need to sack out with though to, to reliably be able to put this in your bin and then get it back out. But I think you're right. I think this is definitely a self mill strategy with Kyrie, the Swirling Sky. So I I don't know how good how good it's going to be. I'd certainly be willing to try it. I think it's the Ward Three is appealing because it just doesn't mean it dies to removals. So I kind of like it. All right, next we've got um, Kyodai, Soul of Kamigawa. You said, old friend? This is yours. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, Kyodai, Soul of Kamigawa. I'm sorry about that. So, three and a white for a 3 3 legendary creature, Dragon Spirit with Flash, with Flying. And when Kyodai, Soul of Kamigawa, enters the battlefield, another target permanent gains indestructible for as long as you control Kyodai. And then. Uh, Wooberg, Kyodai gets plus five, plus five until end of turn. Okay, I put this on here because this looks to me like your protect your Ur Dragon or your like five color commander in your five color commander deck. So that's what I think. It's going to be played. Like it's going to get play in five color decks to protect all sorts of stuff, but I don't think it's super powerful, but it's going to get played. What do you think, Lux? Yeah, it's like you said, Link. It's not super powerful, but Link, people are definitely gonna be wanting to play this, though. Oh, for sure. Like, so imagine like someone goes to try and blow up the board, like blow up your Kenrith, and like you can manage to protect it with this thing. Like, I think that's a, that's worth it. So, like Kenrith or Morphon or Ur Dragon or Tiamat, like. This is gonna be a role player to jump in the, jump in the deck with those things, but that's just gonna be good value to, you know, keep them, keep them safe and whatnot. All right, what's next? Oh, right. Next up, we have uh, we have a really big guy, Jin Gitaxius Progress Tyrant. <laughs> for five generic and two blue, you get a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. High five. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers one, only once each turn. Who cares? And whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This ability triggers only once each turn. Guard is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery, you copy that spell. You just copy an artifact. So let's imagine you have Ginger Taxis on the battlefield. What is like the worst like enchant like or like the most powerful artifact you can think of? I can think of oodles of them. Like you get a copy of it yeah. of an artifact. You get a copy of it instant. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like just get it for free. Just just for free. Yeah, like like this card is basically the color blue in a nutshell. Like it tells you yes, it tells your opponents no. Ah, seriously. Okay, and then Whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This ability only, track, only triggers once each turn. <sighs> like, it triggers once each turn. So on a commander table, like, sort of cycle around the table, you're probably countering at least three spells with this thing. Think about that. Three spells get countered as you yeah. use not a single thing in your hand. Ah. I like it. 
think it's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is actually a blue card I want. Yeah, like it feels, and like I don't think it's as broken as the original Ginger Taxes, which is good because that would ruin the game. But. All right, um, Junji, the midnight, the midnight sky. We have three black, black for a five-five legendary creature, dragon spirits, a flying and menace. And when Junji, the midnight sky, dies, choose one. Each opponent dis- uh, discards two core, uh, two cards, and loses two life. Or put target non-dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. You lose two life. What do we think here, Lux? The Death Trigger. I think it's Death Trigger. Okay, my my interpretation is Death Trigger is kind of lackluster. So, okay, because here's why. So, making your opponent discard two cards and lose two life um, could be important if we're playing like 1v1, but I don't think it's that useful in four-player. Well, uh, maybe it is. Each opponent discards two cards. I guess, maybe. I guess that's kind of important. Discard, making each opponent discard two cards, so you're bagging a bunch of cards, and then put target non-dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. I don't know. Okay, maybe it's better than I thought, but I just think it's a lot of work to make this like five mana five five thing and have it die. So I don't, I don't love it, but I think it could be powerful. What do you think, Lux? And yeah, and then they, for that much mana, they to just to have it die. They you might want to like have some sort of the like, death trigger ability that's more wow like for that many that much yeah, mana. Hold on a second, I need to hold on. Hold on a second. All right, sorry about that, Lux. All right, next we've got. Um, all right, next we've got. Kami War Ogachi made manifest. Holy jumping! All right, go for it. Okay, so for one generic and Wooberg, and this is a saga. In chapter one, they exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls. In chapter two, return up to one other target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then each opponent discards a card. Chapter three, exile the saga, then return it to the battlefield transformed under control. All right. Okay, so transformed. It's an, an enchantment creature, Dragon Spirit, 6-6. Six, six. Okagachi made manifest is all colors. Flying and trample. Whenever Okagachi made manifest attacks, defending player chooses a non-land card in your graveyard. Return that card to your hand. And this card gets a and plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the mana value of that card. Hmm. Okay, let's start with the front. I'm going to be honest, I don't like the front. Chapter 1, Exile, Target mm-hmm. Non-Land Permanent for 6 mana, and on top of that 6 mana Wooberg style, like, ah, uh, that's pretty poor. That's just pretty poor, as far as you're asking me. Return up to yeah. one other Target Non-Land Permanent to its owner's hand. So I'm bouncing something, out, like, I'm sending, okay, I spend 6 mana, and then I get to Exile one thing and bounce something else. And then they have to discard a card. I, again, I don't find that particularly, like, humongous as far as abilities go. Alex, any thoughts? Eh, not really. 
Yeah, the front just seems Yeah, so... uh, And then Ogokachi is... Like flying with trample, I guess this, this is like a big, a big, a big thing. Like return that card to your hand. It gets plus X minus O until end of turn, where X uh, is the man value. Of that card. Yeah, I don't love this 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 ability here. I don't like this. Yeah. Like you get you get it back to your hand. Get something back to your hand. You have to attack with it. Your opponent chooses a non-land card in your graveyard. Then you, you can decide if it's going to get a bonus. And it's going to get a bonus. So like they're going to pick something that's going to have little to no impact on the board on the game, and you're going to have to try and leverage that. So if you can curate your yard well, maybe. But I don't like this. This only this this does enough. This would be a bomb yeah. and limited, but I don't think it, I don't think it does enough in 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 commander. I think it's slow and doesn't do enough. And like, you remember how a couple of weeks ago in the Lotus Council Discord, I said that I had seen a leaked card posted in another server I'm in? it? Well, yeah. yep. I don't know. It's like I'm just over. I'm just underwhelmed by it. Uh, anyway. All right. Uh, this one is not underwhelming. This card is nuts. So this is Bozeju, Bozeju who endures. The legendary land. It taps for a green. Lux, it comes into play untapped. Ooh. 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 Untapped green legendary lands. What else does this do, per se? Let's find out. One on a green with channel. Discard Bozeju who endures. Destroy target enchantment, artifact, or non-basic land an opponent controls. That player may search their library for a land with a basic land type. Put it onto the battlefield and shuffle. This ability costs one generic less to activate for each legendary creature you control. This card is bonkers. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Folks, the fact that it comes into play untapped is enormous. I can't stress that enough. All right? It comes into play untapped. And then that channel ability, it's pretty much giving you naturalize on a, on a, on a land. How do they fight that? Like, this isn't a spell you're casting. This is an ability on the land that you can activate and discard... Like discard the card and like just naturalize their thing, blow up a land, just do something, just do something you need done, and it's right. Oh my goodness! And because it's on the land, there's all sorts of ways to buy it back or get it back. So let's imagine you you use it to destroy a, a powerful enchantment, and now you play your remnant excavator. You can get Bozeju back out of your hand, out of your graveyard. Put it on the battlefield, untapped, and then you're off the races. And then, maybe better, you pick it up again. You use, you know, one of the, you know, you use Kefnet's ability to return a land to your hand. You use uh, a Karoo land to bounce something back to your hand. So now Bazaju's back in your hand to, to do it all over again. I think, like, that's, 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 that's wild. <laughs> I like this card. This card is a game changer. Yep. Oh, this card is good. All right, next we've got a planeswalker. We've got the Wanderer, I think. Yep. All right, you ready? Okay, for two generic and uh, white, white, legendary and a planeswalker, mm-hmm. and three in a loyalty. It has flash and a static ability. As long as the Wandering Emperor entered the battlefield this turn, 
You may activate her loyalty abilities anytime you can cast an instant. Um. Okay. And her plus one is put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike until end of turn. Okay, minus two, create a two two white samurai creature token with vigilance. And minus two, exile target tap creature, you gain two life. Wow, those loyalty abilities are pretty inexpensive. So I so okay. So here's my thing with so I like the flash part. I like that you can activate it the turn it enters a play, whether you it's your turn or not. What I don't love is just the way that the like the plus one, minus one, minus two operate. Like they're just not great. Like I like the flash component. You can use the you can use the ability right away, so you're not being dogged by having to cast it and you know your opponents having a chance to counter it and do bad things to you. You can use it right away. But I don't think the abilities are that good. Like a counter. I'd make a 2-2 two, two Samurai for minus one. Exile target tap creature. Gain life? I don't know. I just don't, I don't love it. So I think it's good. I think it could be... I think this is going to be a card that could be really impactful in, like, mono, white, and standard. But I think in commander, I think this is just not... doesn't This doesn't do enough. How thought... How, 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 how right do you think I am? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, at first, I mean, when I saw that static, and I thought I was going to be wowed by it, I thought this is going to be a card that I'd enjoy, but after reading the abilities... Well, it just plays small ball. Like, you just play small ball. Like, you put a counter on a creature, and then it gains first strike until end turn. Like, okay, in Commander, giving something plus one plus one in first strike is probably not enough to secure you the win. I don't know. I don't still think so. I don't, I don't think it's enough. All right, next we have Tezzeret, Betrayer of Flesh. So Tezzeret, Betrayer of Flesh is two blue blue for Legendary Planeswalker Tezzeret with loyalty four. And it says, the first activated ability of an artifact you activate each turn costs two generic less to activate. And then plus one, draw two cards and discard two cards until you discard an artifact card. Whereas minus two, Two, target artifact becomes an artifact creature. If it isn't a vehicle, it has base power and toughness, 4-4. Four, four. And then minus six, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact you control becomes tapped, draw a card. Hmm. Lux, what do you think? Honestly, I'm not yeah, really sure. Yeah, I think this one is very... Um, again, very contextual. Like, I think it's because the context of it matters a lot. You need to put this in an artifact deck. Like, a very heavy artifact theme. And that's just what this does. But, because you need... So, you need to have... Like, for the plus one to be good, you need to have the ability to discard cards and find a... Eventually find a... Uh, what am I saying? You need to draw two cards. You need to find an artifact in order to make the draw two cards good. Um, like, otherwise you're just pitching stuff to your yard, which could be handy, but I don't know sure it's great. Um, you know, you're turning artifacts into creatures. Sure, I guess that's fine. Um, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact you control becomes 
Oh, sorry, it says it becomes tapped to draw a card. Whenever an artifact you control becomes tapped. So you tap your saw you draw a card. Is that how you read that? And I think so. So, um, you know, it's fine. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. As a role player, I don't, there'll be some decks that want to run it, but I'm not sure I'm one of them. So I think it's in, an interesting card. And at almost $30, I'm definitely not grabbing it. So, anyway. All right, we got one last one. Okay, then. Kodama of the West Tree for two and a green legendary creature spirit, 3-3, three, three, with reach. Modified creatures you control have trample, and it reads, equipment orders you control and counters are modifications. Sure. Whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a basic land card, put it under the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. I don't know what to think. I don't think this is very good either. Oh, maybe in some sort of uh, like Voltroni, like the new Sithis deck, this is gonna be good there. You're gonna be playing with things that are Voltroned up with enchantments, maybe. But I don't know, like just all the ability—you have to go get a land. Like I think this is this is a, this is a limited card, straight up. So yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I don't love it. It's, I think we've had better Kadamas. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm underselling it. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm mistaking how powerful that ability to be. But I think right now I'm not hugely in love with Kadama of the West Tree. Any other thoughts or Lux about Kadama? No? Nope. All right. So that's all the previews for tonight. There's some cool cards there that are going to make definitely like make the make the grade in commander. What do you think, Lux? Generally, over the overall cards we saw there tonight. What do you like? How many of those do you think you're going to play? And I mean, there were a couple. Yeah, let's sort of say I agree. There's a couple there. A few more that I'm like, no, nah, probably not touching you in a million years. Like I like reality chip. That reality chip card, the ability to cast things off the top of your deck. Seems good. Um, obviously, Ginger Taxis seems good. Um, Boseju, who endures, is very good. But some of the other, one, other ones are going to go with like, a pretty niche decks, I kind of think. Before we, we move on from our, our, our previews to something else. All right, yep. so here we go. Um, so our segment three tonight, we're going to be looking at Conquest. So Conquest being um, a art, a format that's uh, discussed on uh, the res the rules committee webpage. And so if you're looking to find all sorts of all things commander, you're looking for uh, this Conquest format. So Conquest is a singleton uh, com uh, format, unlike Commander. Um, however, it's got some changes that they've made to their format so they have a legendary creature or planeswalker as the commander so use the fact that you can use a planeswalker makes it similar to playing brawl um, but it's a little surprising that you can use a planeswalker generally decks are at least 80 cards notice this is at least right because like lux in commander we says your deck has to be 100 cards correct it's yeah like you're just supposed to anyway play 80 but you could play more if you want you could play 84 whereas like 
in regular commander, you have to play 100. There's not, you know, you can't play 104 cards. It's interesting. You start with 30 life and 12 to commander damage to reflect the fact that I think they want the games to go faster. So, um, right there, I'm reading that description, Lux. Are you interested in this, in this format? Creatures and Planeswalkers, 80 cards, 30 life, 12 commander damage. Just like, and it's similar to Commander in almost every other respect. And honestly, I would be until I read the ban list. Okay, well, let's just talk about that in a second. So the ban list is something to be some to behold. Yeah. All right, so the ban list, folks. Um, so if we essentially what the article is telling us is that the the format lends itself to being very aggressive, very and very uh, very fast, um, playing at a pretty high end power level. They banned, however, quite a number of cards. Um, I don't know where you're going to start with this, but they so they banned some of the following cards out of the format. So they've balanced ba balanced burning, carpet of flowers, channel, dem demonic consultation. So the like oracle doesn't work. Um, demonic consultation, tutor, um, Doxite extortionist, eldritch evolution, hull breacher, like all mana crypt. Uh, Sol Ring is going to be banned. So, a lot of these cards are like, you know, things that are going to allow you to cheat on mana, like your Doxite Extortionist or your Mana Crypt. Um, sometimes just really powerful things. And then we have, you know, we're looking into other, other, uh, I guess, other things that are banned, including all 10 um, fetch lands are banned, which I think is really interesting. Like, I think that people. Had anticipated how that changes the format, and then they also ban like the entire reserve list, like all of it just gets waxed. So like all your fast mana is toast. So I don't know, Lex. Like I think this card, this looks pretty interesting, doesn't it? Yep. Are you intrigued by wanting to know more about this? Yeah, me too. I am interested in talking to somebody about Conquest. So if there's somebody out there listening to us right now um, that uh, is you know, out there looking for because players playing Conquest and would like to be prepared to talk to us about it, we're, we're welcome to have a conversation. We'd love to bring people on and talk about formats that we don't know. Um, and I don't really know this one. I think it's pretty cool. It looks pretty neat. I like the fact that all the fast man has gone oops. But, uh, no, I think it's an interesting format. It's an interesting premise and, and discussion worth having with your playgroup if you're looking for something to spice it up or to bring some diversity to the format. So, anyway. Should we move to wrap up tonight's show there, Lex? All right. Yep. So, um, tonight's show, I guess we're try we tried to keep it a little bit shorter, I think. Um, so, there's no deck tonight. Um... I love how uh, when when previews start coming out, the shows like we have to be very circumspect about how many previews we look at in a show because it gets very easy to get overwhelmed by too many things, and and then you know we look at fifty cards and no one likes them because they're we've started getting into the commons and limited stuff. So um, if you like what you hear and you want to leave us uh, some feedback, you can always reach out to us on uh, the old Gmail machine as the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. There is where you can find us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at EpicEXPCast. Uh, we're also on Instagram at the same uh, hash name, EpicEXPCast. 
um, and we'll see what happens in Instagram and all that good fun stuff there too. If you like our uh, if you like our decks, if we uh, we brew each and every week, you can find us on Moxfield using the uh, the username the Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, also, in any of the platform apps that you happen to be using to to follow along with us and find our show each week, uh, you can leave a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, whatever. Um, every little bit helps get the word out there that we are here. We're, we're talking Commander and uh, Magic for you each and every week. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some new uh, some new voices talking to us. So come on, help us. Hear, let us hear from you, please. Next week, we're going to be looking at some more uh, Kamigawa uh, previews. I have no doubt because they, they wrap up next week. But um, And then we'll see what else is in store uh, ne- next week in the grand world of magic. Until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have yourself a great night. We'll talk to you again soon.